Welcome to the Digital Rapport Podcast, where you discover how to connect, influence, and persuade in the digital age. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Digital Rapport Conversation. Today, we're inviting uh, Suki Wahiwala back, who is a business mentor, uh, a coach, uh, my dear friend and brother, who I am so honored to have this conversation with. Suki, you there? Yes, absolutely fine. Uh, thank you very much for having me back again, Jatinda, on your amazing Digital Report podcast. Cool, Suki. So what was interesting is like, this is actually the 20th podcast, right? And funnily enough, it's the 20th today and it's 2020. <laughs> oh my goodness. So hang on a second. This is really, really interesting. So basically, it's the 20th today, which is the 20th of March. And it's the year 2020, and it's hashtag number 20 of your podcasts. That's right. <laughs> oh, so it must be something really spooky there that happened uh, quite interestingly, right? That's right. That's right. How cool is that? <laughs> I must be 20 as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wicked. So it was, it was cool because I was um, obviously sitting down and um, uh, wondering and pondering about how things are playing out at this moment in time. So anybody who listens in the future will know we're recording this at the time of this coronavirus thing that's going on. Yes. And um, it's really interesting to see what's going on in the world and basically around human behavior and how people are behaving and reacting and doing whatnot. And it raised the question in my mind about, um, do, you, do you reckon um, that, because you, you teach something called DISC, which is about personality profiling. Yeah, um, profiling and psychometrics is what I specialize in, yes. Yeah, and um, so do you think that, you know, different personality types will be behaving in different ways? Oh, 100%. Um, well, actually, I didn't expect to have this kind of conversation with you, but this is, first of all, my heart goes out to anybody who's been affected by the coronavirus directly, whether it's uh, through health, uh, had a loss in, the, in their family, uh, because I know that your podcast goes out worldwide, so my heart reaches out to all of them, uh, to every single individual who's been affected. And uh, I'm also going to be sending out some strength and love to the people who possibly may be affected, affected by the in the future as well, because we don't know, do we? Myself mm. included. Um, most definitely, um, if I could just take a, a little thread from, let's say, modern modern current news, or what the whole principle of conversation is, is that psychometrics are... Very simply, it's, it's a blueprint of human reactions and also, you could say, simulations or assimilations of the mind. How we can actually see the world, you know, how, it's, how, how we understand people around us. Because as Alfred Korzybski says in the book Science and Sanity, that everybody has their own version of the world. You know, the map is not the territory, which is very simply meaning that if you think about it realistically, the map itself, if it was a, a, if it was a drawn map of, let's say, London, it, the map itself isn't actually London. You couldn't actually sit and live and draw and build a house in the map, obviously, unless it's to scale, but it would still have to be a representation at best. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the principle is, is that every human being's mind basically is their map or should I say their version of the world. So mm -hmm. even if we see the same thing, like for example, a cup in front of you or a cup in front of myself, the bottom line is that as soon as the cup is in front of you with the cup 
with the handle on the right hand side. If I was sitting opposite you, immediately that would be on the left hand side for me. Mm. So it may well be the same cup, but we both are very clearly seeing a different aspect of that same cup, that same image. So at some stage, human psychometrics are principally everything that we understand. It's, it's the key to unlocking our inner potential. And it's also the key to, to allow us to, to visualize or understand how we would react in a fight or flight situation, which is currently the case. This morning, um, I was listening to a Facebook note by, it was, it was quite heart-wrenching to be honest, and it's a, it's a message to everybody, that the people who are, who are risking their lives to save our lives, the emergency nurses, doctors, they are logically working very long hours and it will get longer still. So a post this morning was on, it was shared with me via WhatsApp and it was of a, an emergency intensive care nurse who's basically come out from her night shift and she's attempted to go and get some food um, at the supermarket and everything's bare, everything's mm. empty. Um, I think she's missed the hour because nearly all of the top five supermarkets of between nine and 10 have left it for emergency workers, vulnerable individuals, and elderly and elderly carers to shop alone so that they get first pickings at the stuff at the food. Right. Um, which I think is a very sensible and a very respectful way to go forward. And she was basically crying. Uh, this nurse was crying live on FaceTime, you could say, or sorry, F Facebook live saying, you know, it's not, it's not right. Please stop this, um, this uh, hoarding of food because people like myself are the ones who are putting our lives at risk to make sure that everybody's healthy and when we come to shop i can't even get the bare basics of bread milk butter uh, and fruit she says i can't find this stuff to keep myself and my family healthy whilst i'm not there um which was very heart-wrenching and this basically is, is kind of inspired a different way of thinking for me today where we haven't been hoarding anyway but i'm actually going to be writing something a bit later just to share with everybody saying you know how we could actually if we all just kept to a minimum we could actually turn around and, and make sure everybody gets fed as well so it's just that was a point but yeah the question, that's the the precursor to the the question you just asked where would everybody react differently um and the reality of life if i was to stick to one psychometric which i believe is the foundational psychometric of nearly all of the others and it's the disc psychometric yeah. Um, DISC standing for D is for dominant energies uh, and dominant profiles. Uh, I is for influential profiles. And I'll explain all these if you, if you would like me to. Yeah. Um, it's for stability profiles. And C is for compliant forward slash conscientious profiles. Now, each one of these profiles is just a framework of thinking that allows an individual to understand the world in essence mm. so you know everybody does it their own little way i mean if you'd like to probe further then we can we can see how this works obviously the fight and flight is a key part of this that each one of those profiles will react a very different way yeah so suki with 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 this so, so people don't know about this right um in, in, in a kind of nutshell if you take these four personality traits you know what, what does the disc what does it stand for what, what does it how is that your cover? So if I could just um, 
um, give you each one of the actual the profile uh, assessments and the benefits of this and and then not necessarily not necessarily sorry the benefits but i'll give you the profiles themselves and then take a bit of time and we can talk about how each individual would react so for the dominant d this is a a a character individual who male or female makes no difference by the way um where an individual would in essence look for the win and they'll be kind of self-centric maybe worked, you know, basically considering their own needs first. And on top of that, basically, I don't think they would actually see anybody else's needs. They wouldn't actually understand if anybody required anything from them. This is not a, 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 a what you call it, a purposeful state. It's basically, it's just their nature, should I say. And um, before I go into, I do apologize, I didn't cover nature and adaptions and adoptions. Us as humans, we have an inside part of ourselves, which is our natural um, nature, you know, genetics, that basically is the way we are truly on the inside. And then there's an adapted side of our life, adoption side of our life, adopted, where we sometimes react differently to the outside world. For example, we may, if we were given time to ourselves at home, we would act a different way to we would do at work. If we were sitting at in our, on our own, we may read a book, we may watch TV, we may go for a jog, and et cetera, et cetera. All these personal things to, to relax a little. So, so is natural like um, just something you kind of just do and whereas the adaptive is when you're kind of not forced but are in an environment where you need to be a different way? I like that. I like that, Chitendi, uh, yeah. So the adaption, as it says, is how you adapt to a situation. And in that case, it could be, any any variable at all so you could instantly become uh pronounced with any one of the other other psychometrics you know the dis or c yeah but naturally how it's how you see the world on the inside so for example if i showed you a picture uh, sorry uh, an excel or a picture there is a particular way that you would see it you would understand it your own way Mm. that's how your mind thinks yeah inside of your mind so for example your natural style of thinking would be if I was a DI, a dominant influencer. Yeah. Yeah. I would always be thinking about my own needs first before anybody else's. Right. Um, way beyond thinking of other people. I'd be thinking about my own needs first, which is principally what would be happening in this situation currently right now where people are hoarding. Now, when people hoard or stockpile, to make it easier, food, there's a very particular way of, stop, of, of them reacting. A dominant character being about themselves, they don't want details, they don't think anything's going to go wrong because they believe they can do it all, um, are great characters for, for building companies, for leading and for a natural sort of leader type of thing. Mm-hmm. In this situation, how would they react? Um, I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment with, with reference to stockpiling and food and hoarding, with, which is what has inspired this conversation uh, with my mindset today, uh, with that nurse I told you, with the, yeah. uh, the emergency nurse. So a dominant D would be very much orientated around, like a bit like a managing director of a company, if I could use that as an analogy. All right. much interested at, at a level where they want to know what everybody's doing and is it all moving towards where I'm going. If I was an individual who was a dominant D, and if I was traveling, let's say, uh, from here to, let, let's say, to London, um, wherever I am to London, to another part of London, um, 
if anybody wanted to get on, I'd say, look, I'm going there. Would you like to get onto the car? If not, then please get off because that's where I'm going. And if somebody asked me, could you drop me off here? I'd say, well, no, I'm going there. Does that make sense? So, so, so they're very di direct and assertive. Very direct. You could say very assertive, very self self-orientated. Okay. Um, and they don't really see the needs of other people in a natural context. For them, it's like, well, of course, it's my way, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's my world, isn't it? It's that kind of thing. So, yes, they're very direct. Assertive means they'd be, assert their, their dominance on another person and they'd be, it'd be my way. You know, their, their view is what matters. Right. Um, and they wouldn't want to be second at, in the race. They want to be the first in the race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you'll notice this by the, the character style and the questioning that the person would have. It'd be very much orientated around themselves. Um, they would use a lot of eyes. I have done this. You know, uh, yes, that's when I did this. And this is when I conquered the world and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and they would have a, a, a bit of a conversation around, if it's not about me, it's not really valuable. It's no point. Does that make sense? Okay. They're very secretive in their thinking process. And they would keep that, that private to themselves. They wouldn't be sharing knowledge. It'd be like, I'll keep that as an ace for myself so that when I need it, it'll give me the edge on somebody else. Does that make right, sense? Right, right, right. Could, could that sometimes, like from the other side, other person's point of view, uh, could these kind of things ignite the, uh, the different emotions? Like somebody might think that that's a greedy thing to do or it's a greedy trait or... Um, you know, it, from the other person's point of view, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. if, if a dominant person, okay, so the dominant person will be thinking about themselves in this situation. Um, this, by the way, isn't a vindictive conversation here. I'm no, just, definitely not. No. This is their natural way of thinking. It's just how it comes across. There's a, there's a power of the unlocked state, which is what I talk about in my Synegus method, which uses the framework of DISC, but it's actually far more in-depth. Yeah. Mm. Um, so at the end, if we can, we'll spend a bit of time just synopsizing how a person would manage this. But the reality is that they don't necessarily do it to be selfish. It just is their nature. Right. Got you. By the other three natures that this is all about you. And what, what about the eye then? What's, what's their kind of um, yeah. so the eye thoughts? The eye is an influencer. Okay. okay. So the eye has an indication of being an influencer. So for them, um, it's very important for them to be loved, to be popular, yeah. to be possibly center of attraction. And they absolutely love to start projects, start things. And they, they, they're, very, they're the first to volunteer. They are very helpful. Um, they would want to be your friend always. Mm. And, and they really do, uh, they don't do detail very well at all, but they do make an effort um, at starting projects. So, you know, let's say if you're starting a new business venture, you need to have some eyes around you because they wouldn't see the super optimistic individuals. They won't see challenges. They'll just get things done. Okay. Um, but as the moment the interest is slightly reduced, um, you may as well say bye-bye to completion of anything. So they'll have lots of what we call open cans unfinished. Right. Unprojects, unfinished. So an eye energy, again, not to be vindictive at all. Um, it has a major benefit. They can be selfish. Uh, they can be accidentally manipulative as well um, without the intent to be manipulative. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. They'll be basically, they could be pushy 
and they would, if they want their version of the world or you to do something their way, they will try their best to convince you. For example, if they wanted to go out for a, a shop, let's make it relevant for today. Yeah. Uh, you're trying I was going to say, can you give us an example of yeah. <laughs> how they might react in the shopping center? <laughs> well, they'd be basically, even if they didn't need something, they'd be trying to, they'll be trying to buy it. Or if somebody else wants it, they'll think, oh, better grab some of that quickly um, without thinking about, do I even need it? Mm. So if they've got a loaf of bread at home and because there's a queue of people grabbing bread, they'll go, oh my God, I need some as well. So they'll probably grab some as well. Does that make sense? Again, right. not to be silly. It's not them being stupid or clever. It's not about that. It's about, it's about reaction times and their natural instinct is what I'm talking about. Okay. So, so they're a bit more like butterflies. Um, please explain. Like um, uh, if you see a butterfly just hovering from place to place. Mm-hmm. So uh, they might just go from one place to say, oh, that looks nice. And then lose interest and move on to something else and then flutter away, that kind of thing. So, Okay, I like, I like, the, analogy. <laughs> yeah, I like the analogy. Yeah, um, uh, this is a conversation. So Whereas where have... a D might be like a bumblebee, right? Sting you straight, direct. <laughs> well, actually, a dingle D will probably be a bit more like a wasp, actually. Oh, okay. They're very intrusive and they, they, um, they can get very aggressive very quickly. Um, and they're an invasive sort of species. They'll try to, they'll dominate the areas they're in. Um, right. they, they tend to sort of like destroy honeybees, which we all need, know and need. Yeah. Uh, bumblebees, which are on a massive re- 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 decline. Um, they're an invasive species. They'll do it their way. And they'll push their way upon you. And that's the way it is. And they're like, uh, they can be quite insensitive to Kennedy. And <laughs> an eye, yeah, and an eye can, can shift between being sensitive and insensitive as well. Because if, it's, if, if somebody around them is being insensitive, they will easily jump on the bandwagon. Right. So they're happy to assist. By the way, please understand, everybody, when you listen to this, this is not about being um, vindictive in any way because no world is the best and the right world. Everybody has their own unique version of the world. This is just a framework for you to be able to see yourself and reflect upon yourself and think, how do I react in the world? You know, with other no, people. definitely. I mean, because um, I know you're going to go over SNC as well, and but it's important for people to know that we are all of these personalities that we do jump in from each one of those kind of traits um, yes, that was a, based that, on what we're trying to do. That's a very core, um, core part of the discussion that we're not all, we're not one of them. We're just one of them more than the other, or we have a sequence of hierarchy, but we're every single one of these psychometrics. We're in equal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, we equally have all four. Sorry, I do apologize. Not equal as in quantity, but we have all four uh, parts within ourselves. Every one of us can be a dominant an influencer, a stability and a compliant individual. Cool. Let's talk a bit about the stability and the compliant ones then. What's, yeah. what's, like a, what's the S? What's that all about? Before we move on to them, the D and the I are what we classify as uh, extroverted energies. So okay. then they will recharge themselves within the help of a third person. So during this curfew period, uh, which I think is going to be endorsed today, actually the 20th of the 20th or the 20th of 2020, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be harder for the dominant D's and the influencing I's to, to stay connected with themselves and other people. If they isolated on their own, that's going to be the worst thing ever. And they'll be ringing everybody. They'll be talking to everybody as much as they possibly can. And even if there's a curfew, they're the ones who would risk trying to go out. It's because they're more social characters, isn't it? Truly. They're an external social being. Um, they recharge in a social scenario. Mm. So they would, they would, if they're tired, 
they would like to go out and hang out with their friends. Does that make sense? And they'll yeah. like to be in a communal conversation and they'll buzz or they'll connect with people on that basis. That's an extroverted energy. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so going to the introverted energies, which are the S's and the, and the C's, um, let's start with the S's. The S's are principally an individual who, who look for stability, um, safety and security in all of their actions. They're very caring in their nature. They don't like to do detail, but they're good at it if it helps somebody else. And just to be very clear, the, uh, the D and the I's do not do detail at all. Um, they can try and they'll, they'll, they'll not necessarily want to focus on function at detailed level. So for what I mean by they're not analytical individuals. You have the S's which are not naturally analytical, but they have the tendency to do whatever you want them to do. So for example, they would assist you, support, love, care, like a, like a mum, because they have maternal energy, or in some cases, a paternal energy. Some parents, are, some male parents, some, you know, mum and dads, both are very, very supportive. Um, and they, they really are superhumans, to be honest. These individuals, which don't get to, they, they seem, they get seen to be the weakest out of the whole of the uh, spectrum, but actually they're the strongest because they're the ones who are themselves virtually all the time. Does that make sense? Mm. They rarely adapt to another, another situation. They stay very consistent within themselves. And if they're helpful and they're loving, they're always helpful and they're always loving. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're kind of quieter, they're caring, they're there in the background, they're getting on with things that help and support you. Yeah, super um, reliable, super reliable. If they've said they're going to do something, um, they will get that done, especially um, when it's for somebody else's benefit. Right, right, right. And, and the key core here is that, let's say, for example, myself, if I was an S, I would, and if I had a glass of water or a bottle of water, and I was walking past and someone said, can I have some water? I would give it away, even though I may well be dehydrated myself. All right. Okay. Yeah, so they're always thinking about somebody else. And some people think that's a weak nature. Actually, that's a super strong nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the caringness, the nurture of the world. Mm. By the way, every one of us is all of this. And every, let's, if we use an example of a company, every company has every energy in it. So when we've completed this, the C, for the D is a, is a managing directorial energy. The I is the sales energy. Mm. S is the human resources and the HR type thing. Yeah. Energy, uh, support, basically. And then the C, which we're going to go into, is the conscientiousness, the cognitive thinkers, the, the thinkers, as I've just said. They're the compliant individuals, the people who keep to order and structure. They love strategy. They love step-by-step plans. They love planning, they love mm. order, and they love hygiene, cleanliness, and, and things that are in, in the right place. So if you're an individual who loves to, who always straighten things up, um, always puts them down in the same place, picks it up the same way, cleans your tools and puts it back, that kind of person. Yeah, very clear, very um, clinical is a nice way of putting it. Um, they're very much energetic. Yeah, the energy sort of provides for accountability, accounts, operations, um, you know, mathematical equation, all type things, you know, scientists, that kind of thing. That's really interesting because once you've gone over like the, the four, um, if you want to call them quadrants, and um, you can see the different traits and behaviors and stuff. You, if you look at the whole, it's like a complete thing, isn't it? Yes. And when you look at it um, individually, you can see that we are these things. Uh, we do these different things in different scenarios. And yes. Um, and seeing it all in, in the, uh, the D, 
I see, then you can see the complete human in a way, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And if you're, if you, you know, there's an old adage that's an old saying that says, I always find what I'm looking for. Mm. But there's another adage that says, I can only see what I understand. Mm. Does that make sense? So yeah. what I'm talking about is how important disc or psychometric training and understanding of self is because you cannot see this within yourself within anybody else you cannot have what we classify as a reflective nature or a nature that's self um assessing Mm -hmm. if and if we don't see the change if we don't understand the knowledge if i don't know what a what a, a porsche 911 turbo s is i can't see one on the road Mm. it's so, like that stuff that you, you usually see when you say it's like conscious competence you, if you if you don't if it's in your it, you could go through life just doing and being without actually knowing why and how you're doing those things and when they come into your uh consciousness that this is actually how i behave in different situations and why i do these things it gives you a chance to improve on every every aspect of your life isn't it yes it does it does it's the reflection element it's the improvement it's the assessment. And there's, a, there's an old saying that there's, there's kind of three areas of life that we are born with. One, we should always know where we have come from. Mm-hmm. So I was born, um, maybe I could see on a spiritual level, I could say that I've, I've come from a celestial light. Yeah. So I was born into this body and I'm here. The second part of this um, equation is that we need, of the third part equation, is that I need to know why I was here. Mm-hmm. So where I've come from, why I'm here, and where I'm going. Mm. So where am I going isn't what my journey is. It's where will I be at the end of the day. And obviously, I'm going to exit this, this life at some stage, this, this body. Yeah. And ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you know, my body will return it back to, the, to this world. Yeah. Yeah but the celestial light will continue. So my question here is how do I even think of these three points of my life of where have I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? If I don't have a reflective nature, if I don't even have an understanding of possibly a framework to understand self, Mm. um, I can't even look back. I can't reflect. Yeah. So how will I even think about, you know, I can't join the dots looking forward as Steve Jobs would say, you can only join the dots looking backwards, but in order to look backwards, we have to have the inkling, the understanding, the energy, and also the, the meaning making machine part Korzybski's work where we've got to be able to look back for a reason. Right. Yeah. And if I don't even have the stimulation, because I think all of us and every single human on this planet is here to learn if I don't even have the stimulation of knowledge, if I don't even want to acquire knowledge, that's okay. But I, I sure won't be able to reflect because you can't, you have to reflect in the third person, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be in essence, objectively, mm. you know, objective meaning have less attachment to that, to that reflection. Only then can you be um, a little more accurate. But if I turn around and said to you that it's, it's subjective, logically, my world is the only world. If I only accept that my world is the only world and that's the only one that matters, then, then so be it. Then that's just my, my journey in my life, isn't it? Yeah, to, to, yeah exactly. To, talking about um, being reflective, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's like the question arises is that how, do we, how, how, does that, how can that take place? And it looks like 
um, that, like you said, there's two elements to it. There's one, if you um, reflect on something, something's got you to think about it, or um, it's something from within, right? So something from within saying, hang on a minute, how do we go about doing this? Or something from the outside stops you in your tracks to get you to think about things. Um, a bit like what's going on in, in, in the world at this moment in time. It's, um, it's yeah. totally breaking um, the patterns we have and it's getting us to do things in a different way. And now people seem to be trying to adjust to that in their own little way, right? I think every, every single moment, every single day is about adjustment. I agree with you there. Um, and I think, I think this kind of reset of mankind at some stage, I think mankind, and I'm not saying, I think I will say, I'm not sure if I'm qualified to say this, but I'll just share it from my heart. Uh, but it's just my, my journey, my version of the world, is that I think what we've got to remember is that humans tend to be very insular and, and kind of like monotonously stuck in their own way, whether we call this the, the rat race or whatever you want to call it. But we're going around in circles um, and not necessarily actually reflecting at all. And I believe reflection, meditation, or at the point of meditation, which is what we call the, the stimulus to center yourself so that you can possibly after meditation reflect mm. um, allowing us to sort of like make meanings of possibilities and kind of close loops that are open in our minds you know thinking about things and closing them off a little bit that's the kind of stuff that i love to um energize with all my mentees um because i do kind of specialize within psychometric and human understanding and we call it the unlocked state uh, you have trained with me as well so you know that it's unlocked straight state it's yeah. it's unlocking a human's potential to reflect um if you can see where what you're doing from a third person's view and i don't mean while you're doing it i mean as soon as you've done it maybe you'll be able to reflect then you've got greater chances of making amendments to adapt to somebody else's model of the world. Does that make sense? Mm. So it, it means that you can align with the person. Um, you can warm with that person. So for example, at this precise minute, I don't watch the news. Now that isn't because I'm, I'm ignorant and I do not believe that the news is important. Yes, it is, but I'll dip into the news upon my terms. So if I feel that I need to need to watch the news, I'd watch it for a timed period and then come straight out because the news is actually a part of the machine that's giving us a single order of control, I suppose you could say. So like a summary, isn't it? You can see in a yeah. nutshell what's what's like happening. Yeah. And I think it you're spot on there. And I think it I think it also uh Jatinda, it sort of forces you to think a particular way. Um there's a gentleman called Al, um Norm Chomsky, and he mm -hmm. wrote a brilliant, brilliant uh, book saying who controls the world, who rules the world. Um, and the bottom line is, is that in there, he talks, and I apologize if I've got the title wrong there, but it's somewhere along the line, one of those two. Um, he talks very clearly about consented influence. Consented influence meaning that if I watch, read um, something, a document or a uh, a bit of news information. I'm already consenting if I read the newspaper or a news article or an internet article or watch a YouTube video. Um, I'm already consenting to be influenced by that information mm. just by the sheer act of watching it or observing it or reading it or listening to it. Mm. I'm going to confirm I've already voluntarily confirmed and aligned myself to be influenced. So 
how do I know what I'm being influenced by? Yeah, that was so, going to be my question. Is like, well, how do we take what we've just talked about and realize how we're actually being influenced or what can we do in those hmm. situations? In this situation, we've got... The, the, okay, so there's some false videos going around about rioting in, in Peckham. Um, it's not happened. It's not happening. It's from a vintage footage, but it's made viable now. It's made live now. So the question is, is that to incite rioting? Is it, you know, for what reason is that, has that been sent around? The fact is, if you watch it, it stays in our prefrontal cortex our, mm. and our current thinking. So we've seen the riots and the world right now would need blame and the world now would need some form of, let's say, exit for the frustration. Yeah. So if you see the riots, then the, the likelihood of contemplating doing something similar would be quite high. Does this make sense? Mm. This is what consented influence is about. It's about you start to conform to a way that somebody else may have already preempted the gender for. Yeah. So at the moment, there are no riots, but the way it's been portrayed, maybe they may be. We don't want them because they're of no benefit to anybody. But it's, do you see how the frustrations that are out there, some people would react like the nurse did, which has touched my heart actually, um, where she would be crying live and she felt it's such an importance that she'd share on face, uh, Facebook Live. So Just does it become like a subconscious expectation? Yes, it does. Absolutely. It's an expectation or it's what we call a live thought. It's mm. current. It's in your current prefrontal cortex. So that means basically it's a current memory. So if you have frustration, if I gave you a glass of water and after drinking, if I smashed the glass, that becomes a norm accepted, you know, the consented influence. Yeah. If you then had a glass of water in that same time frame, picked it up, you'd smash the glass as well. Mm. And it seemed that would be quite okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it becomes, it's like... like it's like you're looking for some sort of validation as well. You're hoping it's not the case, but you see something, it sparks something. You think, oh, it was the case. And, and you've now bought into the idea of what was. Yeah. Consciously yeah. or unconsciously, whichever mm -hmm. it is, you know, the collective consciousness is the key. We all buy into something and uh, it's our current thought. If I reminded you, uh, it's, the, it's an old adage of um, Ericksonian hypnosis, hypnotherapy. Yeah. So Ericksonian, which is Milton Erickson, for anybody who's listening, um, I'm a master trainer of trainers. So Mil Mil basically Milton Erickson would, would talk about other aspects, but have the effect upon, let's say, he would talk about crystal clear water. He would talk about drinking that fresh water, allowing oxygen to oxygenate his body, you know, to emanate through his lungs, taking deep breaths of clear crystal uh, water and air, you know, all mixed together. Does that make sense? Mm. And at the same time, he would share maybe a thought of how he felt when he had had this crystal, crystal clear water, uh, how he had taken deep breaths, how the purity of, of the body, the mind meant so much. And then he may just talk about a thunderstorm. And then he would talk about gray, smoky um, smell that came from the thunder clouds. Does that make sense? And right. he would make a direct correlation with all of this currentness, current conversation into probably uh, cessation or stopping smoking. So he would regularly have this effect with people in the 60s and 70s when he was evident in, in California, where he was active in California. He would make it very clear 
that he wouldn't necessarily talk about smoking, but he would say, oh, we're here to talk about smoking and, and stopping smoking, right? And then he would just say, well, if you don't mind, I just, I'd like to have a conversation about something else if you don't mind first. And, and uh, the person would say yes, because this is a distraction from me saying, I don't want to stop smoking, I want to smoke. Does that make sense? So we're mm. distracting the mind. And then we're talking about something completely different, which is having the effect on the pre-frame of the smoking, isn't it? Yeah, so it's so, like subconscious reprogramming. It is, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a pattern interrupt and reframe mm. programming. And then, um, but in order to reprogram that, you bring it into your current consciousness. Now, if you remember in the Synegus method, which I've written, um, we had this debate once, uh, Jatinda, yourself and I, well, it's not a debate, actually, we had a discussion around this, around conscious, unconscious consciousness. Mm. If, yeah. if we are in the unconscious realm, how do we even trigger the unconscious realm? We have to trigger it with a conscious thought, right? Yeah. yeah. Going into breath, into deep breath, and we have to start to focus consciously on our breath, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, present to our thoughts and... That's right. Yeah. You have to be present. And that, even that, that rhetorical question inside your brain saying to be present to your thoughts, feel your breathing, this mm. internal conversation, which is hypno hypnotic, it's, we could say it's the conscience, that internal story, the internal voice itself is a conscious thought, right? Yeah. Yes. So you're consciously triggering the unconscious realm. You go into the unconscious realm. Then let's say one moment you come out of the conscious, unconscious realm you will never know you're in the unconscious realm until you consciously said uh, maybe a statement of gratitude or, oh, thank you, I feel great now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like forming the distinction between what you did um, and what you didn't and then to kind of recall what you did. Yeah, which is reflection, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So CUC is what we call it, is um, conscious, unconscious consciousness is the key to all unlocking of the mind and reflection and understanding, isn't it? Because yeah. what we do is basically, just to bring it back to the original topic that we had earlier today of the current reaction of people running in supermarkets and fighting, flighting and hoarding food and, and causing problems for other people, where we definitely know that we're, we're, we're individuals, the mass individuals are being affected by other people hoarding, mm. the social media of other people running. Remember I told you about the, the rioting. It's also about yeah. running around, queuing, pushing, fighting to get food, uh, toilet rolls as we've been you know mentioned it here in England I'm having a laugh about that but the reality is it's, it's, it's a quite a serious moment yeah and, and this is what happens when you when you sort of like instigate or channel the horde because mm. you see it and then you play it out yes absolutely mm. because it's in your conscious realm spot on and mm. um, it becomes a norm it becomes accepted but somebody else is doing it right mm. it, it's what we call the flock of uh, flock of or a herd yeah. of sheep it's basically when the, the lead sheep takes a left, everyone follows the sheep in front. Mm. And it's, it's also the fact that, that the fear mongering of that we're going to starve um, or we're going to uh, dehydrate or we're going to die of thirst and we're not going to be able to look after our loved ones, remember? Mm. All the things or ourselves, if we were a more dominant individual, um, would kick into play. So what's happening here is we're trying to sort of like follow the mass and we're acting in an inhumane way, um, that's subjective by the way, I do apologize, so I'm telling you in advance, in an inhumane way, just for survival, 
just to be that way. I think what we've had is we've had that hump broken now. We've gone through this ridge. There's always a flow. When there's a crisis, there's a big peak of panic. Mm. Panic settle. And settling is happening now. And we're in a situation where we're now in a, a calmer situation. We're looking forward to the, the uh, quarantine side of things, possibly this week, next week. I personally don't disagree with the flow that the British government has taken in this particular journey of, of slowly implementing the strategies they've been putting through. Because mm -hmm. if we had gone the other way around, there would have been riots. There would have been, uh, if we'd pulled straight away in school, everybody stop, please, we're going to immediate curfew. There would have been riots because people would not have had the time to try to stockpile food and process that information it's like you said that it's like um the, the the we've had this like peak kind of thing and now we're having a reflective moment say so, well what we're we doing about it how how can we do this differently and it's, it's as you're saying now it's it's like the kind of time space is allowing us to have a little bit of a reflective moment on it right and the moment we've got over the panic of we're gonna do without everything starts to become okay. And I think there's a resonance that's kicking off now. And I believe this, this podcast and discussion and wherever you're going to repatriate this is going to do, do massive value where I genuinely would be humble enough to say that I think mankind is bigger, stronger, tougher, and more loving and caring um, than we think. Mm. So what's going to happen in the next phase, as we're looking at it now, is that people are actually going to go and, they're going to share their food with others to ensure everybody's got food and everyone's got water and everyone's looked after. People who are traveling um, are going to start to knock on neighbors' doors and say, have you got everything? Mm. We're going to start to get community groups where people are saying, come, come here and volunteer one day because we can't sit inside uh, doing nothing. Mm -hmm. We're going to get lots more FaceTime uh, discussions. We're going to have lots more Zoom calls. We're going to have lots more uh, YouTube conversations and live. And we're going to have lots more Facebook lives, communities communicating with each other, helping each other. Um, you know, saying, for example, I can only give my own reference, my own family member. One of my family members said in our private WhatsApp group that um, I'm having a problem trying to get some flour um, and bread, for example, um, because every time I go out, it, there's nothing available. Hmm. And so literally uh, potatoes and the stuff of this sort of nature, the basic bare essentials. And my family, my, I'm so proud to say that the families were such a, a, a beautiful connection with each other. Um, my wife um, and the kids immediately rang out to uh, the member of, of the family and said, tell me what you want and come and collect it. Or hmm. tell us and we'll drop it off to you. We've got some extra here. Um, we're okay for the next week, 10 days. So, you know, we'll share what we've got. You know, would you like some more potatoes? Yes, fine. And we dropped it off. So that's been dropped off today. Does that make sense? You know, this kind yeah, of... Yeah, no, definitely. It's like we're seeing, and, and, and through this like conversation and sharing, we, we can see how the different personality traits are then being utilized in our everyday life. Yes. Like almost like we're being an unnatural, now we're being adaptive. And then, you know, those things kind of work together. Yeah. It, well, what happens is, if I can share, we're always our natural self, but 99% of the time, most people, because they're unreflective and they don't really know themselves, which is the unlocked state, they're, they're in a locked state, mm. they, they sometimes 
spend a lot of their time in the adaptive state. That means they work like they, they talk like they are at work, they work and they talk. Yeah. So they're there. They, they've, they've stayed in this adaptive state for such a long time that they've kind of forgotten themselves. Mm. Um, so what we do is in that state of adaption, we adapt to anything now, which is why the hoard, the conversation that I was telling you about the videos of, of people hoarding the food and fighting over toilet paper and, and this kind of stuff, the memes are actually making that current effect on them because they're being affected because they're in an adapted state. Mm. the key here is to understand yourself so i'd advise everybody who's listening to go to www.inspireduniversity.com forward slash disc d-i-s-c um and basically do a self-assessment you would have such an, an amazing awakening once you've had that assessment it takes 30 minutes of your time and you've got plenty of it when you're going to be home we're going to be sitting yeah. a lot more <laughs> i'd advise strongly to go and, and just don't beat anybody else give yourself half an hour of your life do the assessment online you'll have a beautiful report and on page 14 you'll have a very clear understanding of what your natural tendencies are in life as opposed to adapted and adopted um, yeah. here is to be able to return back to your natural state every 24 hours within 24 hours so if you're a d always make sure that you've, you're looking forward uh, of what's going to happen yeah so what's what we've got to do next how i've got to help other people in the sense of lead other people if you're an i influencer in this situation you want to be thinking about how am i going to stay connected with my friends how am i going to stay communal with my friends does that make sense mm -hmm. and then if we move up into uh, the state of uh, S uh, state for stability. How am I going to care for my loved ones? How am I going to make sure they're all fed and we're all safe? And then if you're in the state of compliancy, what's the plan? What are the clear steps? What's the strategy if certain things happen every single day? So my advice to everybody to stay calm is to learn yourself and reflect upon your day as often as you possibly can and think closely about how you're being influenced by the, the the national news and the hysteria that's pushing out there and take a take a conscious thought about self become more aware this is the state of the after you've done the self-assessment you will be in a position of being an, uh, at least on the route of being more reflective and and a, a lot more self-conscious and aware hence moving towards the unlocked state oh that's wonderful so yeah i mean it was like you know it, it was the thought that came up that sometimes we do these things that we're not even aware of it so how do we become aware of it and it's good to have conversations with yourself and other people and and get like a a different perspective to see that actually the best thing we can do is become more aware of ourselves because when we become aware of ourselves, then we get to understand what other people are going through and, and we get to share and connect a lot better and utilize these personality traits that we have wow. and actually contribute towards a community as opposed to pulling it down. Yes. You know what? Uh, you, you've just synopsized that beautifully. And I think, uh, to be honest with yourself, Jatinda, we owe it to ourselves and our, our brethren to be in this situation that we have to turn around and uh, sisterhood, brotherhood, whichever we want to talk about humanity wise, that I think we're going to see a brand new evolution. It's a bit of like a reset mm. to show that we can look after each other because I'll tell everybody this one thing from my own journey, not from anybody else's journey. And this is not a dictatorial conversation at all that the moment I give to somebody is when I feel unlimited. 
The mm. moment I give, I get filled full of love. And the moment I give and share and support somebody else is when I truly feel that as though I'm living. So there's something that I said, a man is not living unless he is giving. Mm. And, and some other people are familiar with the saying that the secret to living is giving. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I think uh, I think maybe um, it's a it's virtually the same, isn't it? That's right. That's right. The, the principle. I think I, I wrote that about eleven, twelve years ago, mm. um, but it made it made some sense to me at the time because the moment I started to become more and more unlocked. I mean, this has been a journey for twenty eight years of my life, by the way. Um, I think when I was seventeen, eighteen years old, when I did my very first self assessment of of uh, human psychometrics. At the time, I did the assessment. And I put it aside thinking, well, it's not going to be that important. Oh, yeah, that looks like me, but what, what, what's, what's that worth to me? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until about a year later that I started to realize that everything that was on there was really me. Mm. The assessment of uh, the description, the profile that was designed or identified for my natural context was really how I was thinking inside my brain. Um, and the moment I realized that, I started realizing that everybody is the same. They all have an inside and an outside. They have a secret part of their life and they're external. So everyone has an internal thought they don't necessarily share via their mouth. So the key here is to know yourself. The moment know yourself. you yeah. working, uh, the moment you unlock yourself, you will start to get into a reflective state um, of contemplation. And this is our true purpose. And I believe I'm going to end with a lovely thought here that I believe truly that we have to, it's a humble way of thinking about it. We have to be in a state that we realize that our, our life here on the earth is a celestial light life. And our real version of our world is only to collect knowledge and understanding uh, for, I suppose you could say the great good, but you could also say for a collective knowledge, collective consciousness. Um, and as a Sikh, as a, as a baptized Khalsa Sikh, I have a clear understanding that, you know, God, the spirituality realm, universe, ether, um, whatever uh, reference you would have towards the entity or the energy, which I believe is just a, a singularity of uh, singularity, ik or God, is the way forward in the sense that we are all one. As long as we understand whichever way we, we connect to our inner self, that is the right way. And as long as we have a singularity of love, L-O-V-E, in our center, our core, every emotion that we have has to start with love. Even what was deemed as selfish, what we take from other people, would still be the same. It would be based upon love for self, uh, thus become selfish. Yeah. So in a lovely, humbling way, and I think we've had a, a brilliant conversation here, I would genuinely say that I think this is going to be a new dawn and an understanding we are going to have losses, and that's going to be very personal to everybody and my heart genuinely goes out to everybody who are being affected directly by the coronavirus but um humankind is stronger and we will move forward and we'll persevere and more importantly i think the 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 power of gift of sharing of seva as we call it tithing uh, zakat all these elements are going to prevail and we will be helpful to one another and i believe that the future is is a is a bright future I think that's wonderful, Suki. I mean, it's, it's that what you're saying about we're all one. It, it shows exactly what's going on in this moment in time that this thing, uh, we're all connected. We're all being influenced and affected by it. So how can we not? How can we not be? You know, one. It's like one big massive thing taking place, and we're all affected by it. So that's a, you know, a wonderful thing to hear. And 
you know, I hope that people can see that as well, that, you know, as human beings, you know, we do connect and influence each other and we are connected and everything that happens is influencing and affecting everybody else at the same time as well. Wow. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Saki. it's been a, a wonderful conversation. And, um, um, and there's just one thing before we finish, I just want to add something on if I can, you know, if we can all, if one of us, if any, every, each and every one of us can start with helping others and sharing and communicating and being supportive, um, the gift of tithing, zakat, uh, seva, and I don't mean by monetary, I mean physically going out and helping people. What will happen is I think we're going to see a new rise consciousness of, uh, of, of the true power of human, humankind, which has been seen in, in China and it's being seen around the world that have been, been uh, evolving you know, and moving forward from the coronavirus. Um, I believe that there's going to be a new movement within humans where we're going to start to create pods of humanitarian people who are physically going to help local communities as well thereafter. You know, be there for the elders, be there for the elderly, be there for the people who require our help. And, and on a personal level, that's a very much a Sikh way of living. And there are some Sikh organizations already reaching out in some uh, temples and gurdwaras around the world, which are still giving langar, which is free food. So um, I would suggest and reach out to everybody if you are in a tight situation for foods and eats, um, to contact any local Sikh Gurdwara. You can Google them on virtually every city, communicate with the, them and to see if, if they are open for uh, free food, which is a, a, a necessity part of our faith um, to, to go in and eat or to go in and, and pack. Because I believe a lot of them, as in central Gurdwara in uh, Shepherd's Bush, um, to name a few, are starting to pick and pack foods so people can take uh, home takes and they've been prepared with full hygiene uh, masks etc oh wonderful that's fantastic all right suki i know you got a rush as well and um, i really appreciate your time and um, thank you very much for sharing thank you very much to tinder and to your digital rapport movement i will say one thing that it's, it's more than a pleasure always speaking to yourself and having you as a humble brother who's always stimulating the best out of everybody he speaks to so god bless you my brother always and um i'm, I'm sure we'll have another conversation maybe next week yep yeah, we'll definitely you yeah we're, we're gonna have tons of conversations about lots of things <laughs> so if anybody wants to get in touch with you suki they can go to www.sukiwahiwala.com and contact the uh, contact me or mentor me or actually I'm very happy to give my mobile if anybody would like to text please don't email otherwise it's uh, Peter it's UK uh, plus four four it's oh seven nine seven six two zero zero one nine three I'm very very happy for anybody to reach out or reach to me via my Instagram and all my uh, public handles which are at Suki Wahiwala which is S-U-K-H-I Wahiwala W-A-H-I-W-A-L-A fantastic Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Digital Report podcast. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about what I'm up to, then make your way over to www.digital-report.com where you can find out how to turn your skills and knowledge into a profitable authority business online.